This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by Evan Grant. I guess we should point out that David Moore is not with us this week. Oh, is he not here? He's dead. That's not true. He's coming back from Atlanta. But He's coming back from Atlanta. But apparently, even though the Super Bowl ended on Sunday, I, David's bicycling back. <laughs> it's hard to get out of Atlanta during the Super Bowl. Yeah, and apparently it was not a good scene yesterday. Really? At the airport, yeah. Uh, uh, well, their, their airport lines there are always horrendous, and apparently it was really super, super bad. That's a terrible airport. It, it's not a terrible airport once you get through security, but with the the way security evolved after that airport opened, they've got some issues. So I want to tell you something. When I've been places, especially if I've been some gone for a long time, like the Olympics, and uh, what I learned about getting out was always I'm staying up all night and I'm taking the first flight out, and uh, uh, usually the you'd be done midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And just go back and pack and get all my stuff and go. And I, I will just sit in the airport uh, and wait for that first flight. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a great idea. No? Honestly. No, I think that optimal would be flying in the 10 or 11 a.m. range. But that you're running because, the risk of everything going wrong. But during the weeks, flights, like particularly on a Monday or a Friday, that yeah. first flight out, is the airport is a zoo. Even like at 7 a.m.? Oh, yeah. It is a zoo. My my experience always was it was very good. I got out. Plus, I was dying to get out. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So, let's move on. Uh, Let's talk. So, speaking of By the way, I am taking the first flight out to Phoenix on Monday. There you go. I believe it's a 6 a.m. departure. You're going to Phoenix for the old Rangers spring training. Which will still be played on grass. Yeah, that's right, pal. None of that fake stuff out there. Well, although you know what the heck, maybe they'll put it in out there too. I w- well, you know, Arizona is um, Arizona, which is the other team that's going to this artificial turf product, has installed this. What same is it product. called, by the way? B one K, as in batting one thousand. Really? Yes, that's B1K. the name of the product. Okay. Um, Coconut grass is what I call it. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Arizona has installed a turf field for its conditioning field, and they've also installed artificial surface for their half field uh, where they do infield drills and stuff like that. And it would not surprise me if eventually these teams end up, especially, you know, the Rangers field one uh, where they do most of their workouts outside of the, the stadium is set up to have the exact dimensions of uh, Globe Life Park in Arlington. It would not surprise me if... Once they move into Globe Life Field, if they then kind of uh, change the dimensions a little bit to mimic the, the the stadium's dimensions, and that if they eventually, you know, a year or two down the line, go to go to artificial to artificial turf, if this surface is 
as good as they believe it to be. Now, you took a little bit of a beating on uh, your old Twitter feed about, uh, about it's, this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a polarizing topic for a lot of people. And I, the only thing to me that that I won't that I really won't cotton to is you can if you have questions about the artificial surface being unsafe you know there's nothing definitive one way or another right if you have questions about playability that's even a, to me an even more valid question because even with the advances in artificial turf the last two generations we still see some ridiculous bounces that are unnatural um but the idea of well baseball's just meant to be played on grass i just don't buy that okay uh Football was meant to be played on grass, and everybody plays football on turf. Every high school stadium in Texas plays on turf. If the product is as good or better than the grass you could grow in these specific dimensions, forget about Houston, forget about Miami, forget about any other stadium. You, When you design a new stadium, you've got a specific set of challenges related to that construction project. If this is better than you could grow in – uh, in what Globe Life Field will be, then there's zero issue to me. The idea of aesthetics, it's going to look green. It's going to look fine. The dirt's going to be the dirt. The biggest issue I have is that they're planning to go with warning tracks that will be an artificial surface. I think that's unnecessary and a bad look. All right, a couple of things on that. Yeah, I, that, I, I, one of the problems I've always had with artificial turf is, is that why don't you have a dirt infield? What cause? What is it? Because of the seams? Is that what the problem is? Or not having it for? Well, I mean, I think I think that teams initially went to artificial turf, saying, "Oh my God, we you know this is such a great, this is such a great revolution." And and you know, in St. Louis in, in particular, they were able to say, "Okay, ball's going to rocket off this stuff. We can build a team around speed, and they they yeah. use it to their advantage." But what we also found is that 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 generation of artificial turf you know you put your cleat there it was probably going to stay if you tried to cut and your leg was going to go somewhere else yeah so uh we have not seen a stadium uh, toronto tore out its its uh turf areas of the infield when they they used to just have the sliding pits right they've gone to full dirt infields the difference here with the rangers now is that the dirt in the infield is going to be dug down about a two. There's going to be about a two foot trench mimicking the baselines. Mm-hmm. That will be packed with dirt. So you're not going to have dirt sitting on top of uh, concrete. You're not going to have dirt sitting on top of a very thin layer of dirt. It should absorb the energy much more like dirt infields in a grass ballpark. Yeah, I think that's significant. That is significant. Uh, here, here's what I would say uh, is the difference uh, for me watching it. Let's say I'm watching it on television. Uh, you know, you're watching uh, Toronto, the Rogers Center. And you're watching Tropicana Stadium. You know, you, you see these places and you see the sheen on on the turf. Yeah, and you're very anti-sheen. Oh, I'm very anti-sheen. <laughs> Kevin is very anti-sheen. Charlie. Martin, yeah, and listen, we he won't go out for Chinese food with me because he feels like the food always has a sheen to it. It does so, have a sheen. On all right, it. so yeah. Let, yeah. let's get to the sheen on. Grass. I do like Martin Sheen though; he was great in California, kid. Uh, is that yes? Th- that looks unnatural. It looks mm-hmm. terrible, and and, and I, it's my understanding that your coconut grass is supposedly looks more like natural turf. Does it? Have you seen a, a wide expanse of it? I no, I have not seen you know what would amount to anything more than maybe a 
would similar to an area rug type size. Okay. Um, Somebody have it as an area rug? Does John Daniels have that as an area rug? John Blake does. He <laughs> brings the media in. He kind of rubs his hands together and he says, "Look at how lovely this is." Um, uh, and I, I think, I think it's you know, it's a legitimate question. I think the only like for me in watching the Super Bowl on Sunday, uh, you know, those five, those ten yard um, segments that are rolled out there. You could see, you know, there's a difference in color from one to the other, and it didn't mm-hmm. look like a mowing pattern. It just looked like a difference in color. Um, yeah, I can see the, how that looks a little bit artificial, and and I think it, you know, for to people who are looking for this stuff, uh, there will be so it, it'll be easy to tell that one's grass and one's not. Right. I still maintain this: if people were going to baseball games for the horticulture, the arboretum would be sold out every night. Wow! Listen to that. Okay. Well, and I'm trying to get more people to go to the Arboretum because I believe right, it's a lovely place. But but, but, but but here's the thing now, and you know this and I know this. Fans really don't care what a football stadium looks like. When is the last time you ever seen anybody think, oh, this is – I mean, Jerry World's one thing, but, you know – Yeah, it, but people it, don't care about the stadium. They care about the TV set there. You, basically. Right. And that's right. But in baseball parks, people I always know. talk about, oh, we love this. And that's part of the of – That's this, the, the history, the, the romantics of this. And I think, you know, we have – how many times have you heard or seen the idea of the smell of fresh cut grass written? Yeah, sure. Ain't nobody smelling no grass in a ballpark. That's true. But you may smell that rubber that you do. You may with. smell it in Colorado where the grass is a different kind of grass, oh, if you know oh, what oh, I mean. Oh. But ain't nobody smelling fresh cut grass in, in a ballpark. You could smell that infill of rubber. I'll say that. Could you? Yeah, yeah. When it was really hot. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely. When it gets hot and it's cooking, uh, yeah. That's but, see, a- now you won't have that problem because you won't have the rubber in this. Right. Um, and explain I to th- everybody when I say coconut grass. Explain to everybody Well, the, what the that coconut means. grass, again, is is that the infill, which is what is meant to absorb Not in energy. Not infill, but infill. The infill, which is meant to absorb energy and kind of disperse it more naturally than was in the first generations of turf, uh, had the last generation was rubber pellets and sand. Right. And while that increased safety a lot, it also made for, as you mentioned, you know, in, in any outdoor stadiums, particularly Texas high school football stadiums, that it does get hot and the ball does bounce and, and it does the, the rubber does tend to expand. Um, the, the second part of that is that in a baseball stadium, it just does tend to exaggerate bounces. Now, what turfs what, what Shaw Sports Turf is doing is going to a product that is developed from organic materials, coconut uh, coconut husks, um, crushed coconut husks. How did uh, they decide on, on coconut husks? They just it, had a it lot was, of them? I asked that. Uh, it, it had been developed in Europe and it had been used in Europe for some fields. And I think that one thing that they like about it is, you know, you crush those coconut husks, you, that the, 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 the makeup of a coconut shell is fibrous, yeah. you know. And, and so you can get some meshing there of the of, of the uh of the shell uh, uh and the product so it shouldn't disperse as much yeah uh, also because it's not rubber it's not going to have the the big as big a splash there will still be some degree of splash uh and then you mix that with sand and you get you get something that more accurately transfers the energy when a ball bounces on it so i'm telling you right now the the, the naming right should go to mounds it should be the mounds baseball stadium or Almond Joy, either uh, one. Well, I I was thinking more along the lines of any tie-in to pina coladas. So yeah, a, a rum 
would be good. Bacardi Field. There you go. Um, and maybe have um, uh, what's his name, Rupert Holmes, come in to sing the national anthem. How about that? And maybe do a post game show with yeah. uh, featuring his one song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this thing. It's a short post game. That show. somebody with access to a lot of coconuts came up with this idea and and is now being going to be a millionaire a billionaire because of this. Well, I, you have to have coconuts to go this route, I'll say that. <laughs> um, and and I will I will say this again, you know, I think that if you ask players, players would prefer to play on grass. Yeah. I mean, that would be their, their that's, first that's, call. Here's here's the two issues for me in all of this. Fans would like grass, players would like players grass. Players would like grass and this is going to take a while for you to get it past all the players because this this is going to take not one year or two year or three years. It's going to take a while before players go. Okay, this is all right. I, I and I have I have had that question, and there's a simple solution to all of this. Okay, and and and, and this is where the onus then the owners are getting what they want so that they can they can um, have this product down and also capitalize on a revenue stream. And ain't nobody ever criticized Jerry Jones for bringing everything he can bring into AT and T Stadium. Right. So there's no reason to criticize the Rangers owners for trying to mac- to. Uh, Maximize unless their it unless it is it contradicts what you're trying to do. What do you? But what are you trying to do? Well, it's are you again? Are you? What are you trying to do for the city of Arlington? Are you trying to bring in the most number of events possible? No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I don't care about people making money. Right? Uh, is that if if it if it is at cross purposes with attracting it, free agents? If uh, a guy if a guy decides, you know what. I got I got a fifty fifty thing here. I, it's it's the Rangers or the Yankees. But you and this is where I was getting Yankees to stadium. on on where uh, where there is a degree of an onus on the owners now, and yeah. this is something I don't think any Texas owner has ever has ever fully acknowledged uh, because we like to tout our lack of state income tax here and all that other stuff. There's an easy way to make up for any questions about the turf, um, and that is you pay these guys top dollar. And yeah. you're going to have to. You're, you're going to have to go out and say to a free agent, okay, we're going to give you an extra year on the contract that everybody else is offering, or we're going to give you an extra million over what the, the rest of the market is. And if you don't do that, then you're you're fundamentally not understanding the market. Yeah. And right. that would be a mistake. So there, there's give and take on all of this. Mm. And I think that the idea of creating more revenue, particularly if you invest you know, even a percentage of that back into your the operation of your ball club, that's a plus. I think that there's there's some things that don't really matter on anybody's um, radar. But you know, Arizona's touting that they will save two million dollars, two million gallons a year in watering. Uh, they'll still need to water that organic film, but it won't need to nearly as much. Right. Um, and in, in weren't you and I out there one time when they had all the little uh, special growing lights on? I was out there in July when they did. Yeah, they had those growing lights on the field after every game. I can't remember if it was there or where I was. No, you weren't there. I, sh- I sent you the picture though. Was that what it was? Yeah, because I they, swear I was because it really hit me. It hit me in 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 Arizona that there might be something to this because of those growing lights on the field and of looking a little bit closer at the outfield and being able to notice some areas where it's patchy. And on my Twitter the other day, you know, Tom Burns, who was a groundskeeper here, the initial groundskeeper at Rangers ballpark, I think he believes that grass could be grown at Globe Life Field. And I, mm-hmm. he certainly believes in in this grounds crew. Um, and this is an excellent grounds crew. But there are challenges that have always been challenges based on the elevation of the stadium in the right field corner and where there's shade. And if you can, with turf, if you can make that area play more true, then again, you've got an improvement 
over what the product was that you mm -hmm. had previously. Yeah. So all, all those are there. It, it's a passionate topic for a lot of people. I do think that the younger that you get people, the less it's an issue because more and more kids are playing uh, little league games on well, artificial. They play high school field. games on it. Yeah. I mean, Highland Park plays on an artificial turf field. Rockwall plays on course, an artificial turf field. And the reason that you do it in high schools is because of the just the durability, a, right. and the fact that it rains so much in the spring that with with a grass field you just can't get on it. And most, I, I don't know what I don't know exactly what the composition at Highland Park and Rockwall are, but one of the uh, the perfect game field that I looked at in uh, in Dalton, Georgia, or Cartersville, Georgia, near the factory where the Shaw is, is operated is a 16 field facility and that is turf from the minute you step out of the dugout uh to the end of the field the mound is turf the infield is turf that, that whole mound is, i've seen that mound turf thing and i don't like it boy. i'm not and i'm not saying i like it but i mean your yeah. kids are what people need to understand is your get, kids or your grandkids yeah. are playing on this stuff they're getting used to it and they don't have the issues if there was a big safety concern That'd be one thing. If there was a playability issue, that still remains to be cons to be determined. Well, the, the big the big decision being made there is that we can get on the field. Right. We, we can't get on the field in the grass because it rained. It rained for two days. We're we're done. We're cooked. Correct. So that's what's enabled them to do that. Also, they're not playing as many games. You know, you're talking about playing forty or fifty games a year right. on this kind of stuff as opposed to playing, you know, eighty one or if other people are doing it, a hundred, hundred and twenty, whatever. Right. So I, I'm I'm sure that, that one day baseball will evolve to this and everybody will be using some form of, of turf. Probably. I talked to somebody from from Major League Baseball um about why would if this product is this good and it is consistent, why wouldn't more teams go to it? And there some of your outdoor stadiums, particularly um like Atlanta, um uh, maybe uh, in some other places where heat and cold uh, are more of an issue. Wouldn't be an issue in San Diego. Would not be an issue in San Diego. But there, that's a place where it's easy to grow grass right. and it's optimal conditions. You know, and, and so I think this, this becomes an option in places where there's challenges with growing grass. Um, and if you get – let's just leave it at that, where there's challenges in growing grass. You can grow grass in these places. The question is, is the grass going to be – of the same quality as the turf. And I think we do all need to acknowledge, we look outside this newsroom. Our newsroom is changing every day because of artificial technologies. Um, our world around us is changing rapidly because of it. And we have to acknowledge that it's it's entirely possible that the product that is being developed in a, in a laboratory and in a manufacturing plant may actually be the equal of what God created in, in, in these environments. I'm looking for the equal to replace you. Uh, Believe me, they exist. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we didn't really talk about spring training at all, but we uh, talked about an important topic in this grass thing. The 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 you know spring training. This is and I'm I'm struggling a little bit with this because every year I go to spring training and I try to my my signal piece for the start of spring training is projects. You know what are the projects? Mm -hmm. Well, this year spring training is a project. It's not a bunch of individual projects. I mean, there are some individual things. You you definitely need to improve the, the two-strike approach of this team. Right. Uh, had the worst OPS in Major League Baseball with two strikes. Um, you, you want to start to get a better uh, ability to, to understand, well, the, the project that has kind of consumed this club for forever, which is improving the pitching. 
Yeah. Uh, those are all things that, that are involved, but mostly this is going to be about setting, uh, setting a new culture, setting new processes in place for how information is digested and processed. Uh, and, and so it's not going to be a spring about, hey, who's going to be the number five starter? Yeah. It's not even, even as you've got this question about like catching, like how much is Kiner Falefa going to catch versus versus Jeff Mathis? I don't think either one of those things is going to have a significant impact on the outcome of games for this team. So it's more about okay, laying the groundwork and creating creating a foundation. Yeah, this is the thing that's going to be frustrating for fans. I think is that look, you fired a manager uh, who. There's not any other manager who would have won more games, you know, might have won a few more games. There's not going to be a significant difference in the product last year. You fired him because you didn't feel like he was the right guy sending the right message anymore. So, so to, you know, to me, to expect, uh, you know, the, the new manager to come in and. Uh, no, the hiring of Chris Woodward is, is viewed as a long-term thing. It's a long-term thing. So here's, here's the problem for me. I, in my, in my problem for John Daniels is that. The things that he's doing now, I think, are all good. They should have done them years ago. Right. And 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 that's the problem is that you know we already know that the pro, you know that the 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 system is not ready to deliver. I think on Keith Law's uh, latest ranking of of systems, he had them twentieth. He that actually had them up from two from the year before. Yeah, and twenty-two I, to twenty. You know, MLB pipelines, uh, which is MLB.com's uh, farm system thing, had. The Rangers had three in their top 100, all in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and so if you took each team's top prospect and ranked them, uh, I think the Rangers had the lowest ranked top prospect at this point in time. But it's still the the early stages of this rebuilding process. It is. And uh, But one of the things, too, that it's interesting to me, uh, you know, we talked about a little bit uh, – I'm kind of scatter shooting a little bit here. But we, we talked about, uh, you know, what was it that uh, uh, the, the, the Rangers – Forever been looking for pitching. Forever, right. this organization has looked for pitching. Uh, a couple of times they found, and we know who they are. They're, you know, Kenny Rogers and Kevin Brown. Basically, that's it. You know, they've had some other pitchers that were serviceable, but those were the two best pitchers they've ever produced. So, one of the things that Keith Law pointed out in his, it, it and it's, a, and it's an interesting, and we knew this, uh, and it's interesting to me why that is. That since the '80s, anyway, because that's when I got here in 1985. Uh, it has always been an organization that pursued athletes, valued the athlete over a baseball player, a guy who just, you know, had a nice skill set and he was just a baseball player. And and maybe and, – and raw athletes at that, uh, guys who weren't as advanced. And, of course, the classic case, Donald Harris right. o- over, you know, uh, you know, the big hurt. So uh, – and, 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 and I think part of that was at one point in time because the Rangers were so – financially um, restricted that they had to hope they hit really big. Yeah. Um, and they couldn't just hit on a good player. They needed to find the superstar in the draft. Um, I, I think that you can't yeah, use that anymore. No, you can't. Well, But Oakland's also restricted, too. And Oakland's finding players. Yep. And they're finding pitchers. They're certainly finding pitchers. And Oakland's they, finding pitchers. But their park better. also play, has always played, you know, much more fair to pitchers. It, um, it does. But they have done – this is not – I'm not making excuses for the Rangers. They have done a poor job of identifying, developing, 
and and producing pitchers. So this uh, is so, so to me, this is a, the situation where they're at now. So I think they're doing a lot of really good things here. It certainly points to that. You know that they've got more analytics people. They're taking different approaches. I'm taking you know I consider it a little minor victories, like when Chris Woodward said Jerry Fraley had a story the other day. He said I don't think we're going to have pitchers shagging flies. These are the kind of things in baseball that drive me crazy. Right. You know, why are, why are pitchers standing out here? It's like putting people out on a driving range and saying, yeah, go out here, and if, if one comes next to you, try to catch it. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, the shagging thing, for me, the, the more important thing on, on this whole front is that there's going to be uh, there's going to be at least an attempt to start some days later and make sure guys yeah. get more sleep because this race to be the first of the clubhouse is just idiotic. It is. Um, because yeah. this is what we're talking about. It's it's sleep and nutrition. You want these right. guys coming at a certain time. And the, and the whole thing about pitchers shagging flies, it's not just that they're it's dangerous, which it is, because we've seen guys get hurt out there like that. But couldn't they be doing something more valuable with their time than that? Well, and I, I feel like I feel like you know, we have seen teams create uh, advantages with proprietary information they've created uh, data wise and how they right. process it, and and now we're seeing the Rangers among them. All teams trying to catch up to that. Okay, yeah. um, I think, and and I have been on record saying this for multiple years now that the team that figures out how to restructure spring training to better prep players and to better avoid injuries in camp, that team is going to en- enjoy at least a momentary um, uh, window of opportunity that that allows them a competitive advantage and. And I hope that you know the Rangers look into doing more things in spring training to oh. make to make yeah. the preparation more efficient and to make uh, to value the rest because having taken PEDs and amphetamines and all the other stimulants out of the game, you are seeing what the fatigue does to players over the course of the year. I think if you don't reinvent spring training, it's ridiculous to me that in this industry that they do things a lot of the way they did it for 100 years. Well, you know, I think one thing that you're limited now, particularly in Arizona, is that all these facilities are dual facility, uh, mm-hmm. dual team facilities, and it's in their contract that they have to get their 30 dates worth of games. And so, you're, you know, it's hard to manipulate the schedule. But I have been – my idea would be, hey, hey, here's an idea. That first week, instead of having guys uh, play in games, have that first week of games, use all your young minor leaguers. Mm-hmm. You know, Make it Futures Week all across the, yeah. the, the Arizona. And let your players then go back on the backfield, continue working out. Fans can go over there and get their up-close experience with the players on the backfield. They can watch these young prospects and get into the future of the game. And the players that don't need, outside of pitching, the players that don't need as many reps, they're not out there having to run. They're not out there having to cut or, you know, potentially face a guy who's wild and, and get a ball on uh, in the ribs. I just think that there are things you can do to say, we're going to do this differently because we believe in – our approach to uh, preparing for spring and we don't have to we don't have to do the same thing just because it's always been done that way yeah all right we're going to get out of here because we're going to talk about the Mavs a little bit Evan doesn't really want to talk about the Mavs I I I I I think the Mavs are a great topic and I I do want to talk about them uh I'm just going to be up front that you know my knowledge of the inner workings of this deal are are limited um you know that doesn't stop you talking about other things that's true so anyway, all right, 
So for everybody in here to everybody out there, thanks and come on back. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.